Welcome back to Venture Studio, the podcast where your host, Dave Lerner, entrepreneur, angel investor in 70 plus companies and director of entrepreneurship at Columbia University, interviews the angel investors and venture capitalists who make up New York City's entrepreneurial ecosystem. I am your producer, Kevin Weeks. All of our shows are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Venture Studio. Any feedback or five-star reviews are always much appreciated. And now let's kick it to Dave to introduce this week's episode. Dave? Deborah Jackson is the founder and CEO of Plum Alley Investments. She founded the company in 2015 to bring the opportunity to invest in quality private companies to a broad base of women and men executives across diverse industries who have not traditionally had access to invest in private companies. She's also a tireless advocate for female founders and gender-balanced teams here in New York City and beyond. In this episode, we get the chance to hear her story, how this Columbia MBA and veteran of Goldman Sachs with a very successful 20-year career on Wall Street got into angel investing and then set about on her personal mission to get women entrepreneurs more access to capital. As we learn, she's well on her way and has been relentless in figuring out the best model to achieve this at Plum Alley. Her powerhouse membership base, comprised now of 260 executives, many of whom are directors of public companies, is a unique and effective group that adds enormous value to the companies in which they invest. Her story has been highlighted in a feature in the Washington Post, and she's received numerous awards, including the 2016 Leader of Economic Impact Award from B-Peace. She was one of the 60 women worldwide selected by Fast Company magazine, in their cover story for their League of Extraordinary Women. On a personal note, Deborah is also heavily involved with the entrepreneurship ecosystem at Columbia and is a trusted advisor and mentor to my team and to many of our founders. Okay, let's head on up to the office and meet Deborah Jackson. In the office, baby. Deborah, great to have you on. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. And what I thought is maybe we can just dive right into your company, Plum Alley, and tell us what it's all about. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. So I founded Plum Alley about four and a half years ago. And I did that after two decades of working on Wall Street and raising capital for big companies and small companies. And I left that, I retired from that, and had a couple of years where I was very active in investing in early stage companies. And I was meeting amazing entrepreneurs and um, seeing great new technology, and all of that led me to want to do more in that sector. So I had been making some angel investments, I had been part of some early stage uh, angel groups. And decided I wanted to do more. So I thought the best way to do that would actually be to found a company. Because if I had a company, I would show up every day and I would do a lot more and and I I would be taken seriously. So I decided to found Plum Alley and founded the company. We, um, in the early years, the first couple of years, we were like every other early stage company. We had a mission, a goal and different strategies that we wanted to test out to see what was the best strategy and what would be really 
uh, appropriate product market fit and what would be a really exciting market for us to go after. So the mission was to bring more diversity to early stage companies. I was meeting and investing in early stage companies, some of which were female founded, some of which were gender diverse. And I really uh, saw that companies that had diversity were really outperforming other companies. That was my personal experience and has been evident in my own personal portfolio. So I have um, you know, roughly 20 companies that I've invested in over time. And the, the, the best performers are ones where there is some diversity. And I attribute that to the fact that those companies were introducing products or services into the market that appealed to both women and men. And one of the things I've observed over the years is that if you're going to launch a new technology or a new product, if you think your target market includes women, it's very important to have them their perspective taken into account when you build the product. Yes. Right. And so, and, and you look at a couple of examples like, um, you know, Google Glass and even the Apple Watch. Those are products that basically failed in the marketplace. And one of the reasons is that it did not appeal to the female market. So those are just big, big examples that, that everyone is seeing. But I was seeing it on, you know, early stage companies. And I thought, okay, here's a great opportunity. So, so I founded Plum Alley. In the beginning, we, we did a couple of strategies. One was we started off with e-commerce. And we did that and we profiled female-founded companies, the products, and we told their story. That put us on the map. But that was not a great you know, business model, we made money, but it, you know, I'm doing this at this point in my life for, for impact and as well as other things, but that was just not going to get us there. So we quickly moved to a version. We built a proprietary technology around crowdfunding and coming from finance, I was very interested in how companies raise money online or how they could. And the jobs act was, was underway. And you know, we were thinking about perhaps doing equity crowdfunding online, but we started with non-equity, test marketing products for entrepreneurs, different flavors and colors. And it was really fabulous for me because it was my first opportunity to actually build a piece of technology. Now, I did not build that myself. I don't have those skills, but I directed the process and we broke capital raising down. Uh, we built a piece of technology that really helped entrepreneurs know how to launch a campaign online to raise money. And it was just very clear. You, you look at some of the other platforms that were out there, Indiegogo and Kickstarter, and they had basically 85% of their projects fail to be funded. And it occurred to me like, well, we've got to improve that. That's, you know, if you know, if you're raising money, if you know what you're supposed to do and you follow best practices, that will increase your chances of success. So we built a technology that did that. At every point along the way, we told the entrepreneurs, these are the five things you need to do, check the box, and then you can move on. So we had a very high, we had basically 85% success on our platform. So that, that was great. But there again, you know, as an early stage entrepreneur, I thought, okay, wait, this is, this is good, but, this, you know, there's still something more that we should be doing. It's, it's not quite this. So we, two years ago, we moved to Plum Alley Investments. And it was very clear in my mind that I was seeing these great companies. I was judging competitions, East Coast and West Coast. And, 
and, and, you know, kind of in the, the ecosystem and seeing great companies. And I said, you know what? I come from finance. This should really be about raising real capital. And so everything I had done led me to that c- conclusion and thought that we were uniquely positioned to do that, just given our background and perspectives and who we knew. So um, I brought on my current co-founder of Plum Alley Investments, Andrea Turner Moffitt, who had worked also on Wall Street, but she had just completed um, research that was funded by Goldman, Merrill, all the big firms. And the research that was funded, which she conducted, was to determine why women investors are not engaged. And that her research um, was given, obviously, all to the big, big investment banking firms because they're trying to deal with that problem. But second of all, she turned it into a book. And so she and I were had known one another and we're having numerous conversations about, okay, we, we see these great, I'm seeing these great companies that need capital. And she was thinking, how do we get a broader base of investors, women and men, off the sidelines and to participate in this important sector? So we teamed up, we launched Plum Alley Investments. And what it is, it's a membership model. So we have paid members and we have now in about 18 months, we've got 260 paid members and our members look to us to find great opportunities, great companies to invest in. And so we um, have already funded six different companies. We are not angel. We're not first money in. So we look for companies that are more established, have clear product market fit and have, um, some revenues. So, so it's a little bit further up and I'll tell you why we do that. It's because our members are executives. They are, um, people who have day jobs. They don't have time to participate in angel groups. They, they don't want to screen a lot of deals. They want someone else to do the heavy lifting. They want someone else who has expertise and connections to find great opportunities, to sort through them. We probably look at 30 to 50 opportunities for everyone we bring forward. And so our members get in a very expedited process to see the best of the best companies that we find. And so they love that experience. And what we do, once we pick a company, we have a very, um, uh, you know, curated event. It's called a showcase, not like a pitch night, thumbs up, thumbs down, mm. or any of that. It's yeah. like, we already know these are fabulous companies. So our members come and say, okay, I'm looking at this company because I'm, you know, I want to see if I want to invest or not. And so we have the companies present. It's a bit of a TED talk. We don't do the typical short pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we really get a sense of who the entrepreneur is. And then we bring in a person with deep domain expertise. And we also bring in a professional venture firm that invests in that sector. So in basically a two-hour event, you see a great company, you learn a little bit about that sector, and you hear a person whose day job is to invest in that sector. So great information is conveyed, and um, after that event is over, then we circle back with our members. We, uh, do, we video everything we do. So on our member private portion of the site, if you haven't been able to attend, you can see the video of the company, 
we do Q and A's with um, other venture firms. We uh, participate. There's there's obviously a you know the the level we're at, which is Series A. Companies are raised three to ten million. So there's typically a lead investor or a family office or somebody who's you know leading the 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 deal. But we come in and we've been investing at a half a million. Um, to our latest deal uh, was a million two. Yeah, it's real money, and the beauty of what we do because we, you know, we're, we're obviously want to get money to these great entrepreneurs. But the other part of the equation is we know there's a massive number of people out there that want exposure to this asset class. It's not like a little hobby, a nice thing to do over there, but it's it's a very important part of a person's investment portfolio and you know it's 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 been interesting over the last several years to see the research that's come out about this so i don't know if you saw the report but mckinsey did a report about a year ago basically saying that returns in the public markets are somewhat suspect going forward and that was pretty radical because you wouldn't you know the big investment banking firms wouldn't necessarily be saying that bit of a threat to their business Mm -hmm. But you had this independent, you know, reputable group looking at all the factors going on in the public markets and basically putting out a warning to investors like, you know, you really need to diversify. And shortly after that report came out, Cambridge Associates made a produced a report saying that both institutional and individual investors should be looking at 15 percent of their entire investments in alternatives and a piece of that should be in private companies so what you have going on in the world is this shift you see more and more people and institutions like the Yale endowment and you know others I'm not so sure what's going on with Columbia but you know what they're doing is they're moving more and more into this asset class and why because this is where the outsized returns are being made and, you know, you just look at the companies that have gone public and, you know, the massive wealth creation that's happened for both entrepreneurs, but also early investors. So it strikes me that you've, you know, the Plum Alley Investments platform is like, it's a, a lot to do with community. Like a lot of these executives, you're curating it, curating great opportunities for them. And they're part of a community, they're members, they go to these salons, they meet each other, they meet the founders they learn about different verticals is that right that it's 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 a community that you're building yes it's a community we we think of it as a community of investors so we're you know it's not like a networking group we're very focused on the goal of investing and not only do we um pool the money so we we have we form syndicates so no person is investing individually it's part of a syndicate that we create and manage But we have very strong relationships with our entrepreneurs. So we, in every case of every company so far, we've made major introductions. We've, um, here's an example. Just recently, um, we have connections at Goldman. I'm I'm an alumni of Goldman Sachs. And um, so we have strong connections at Goldman. And we recommended, once a year, Goldman has a special conference where they, invite 100 of the most interesting, promising companies. And that's a private event. They, um, 
you know, have it out on the West Coast. And, and so they, you know, every year look for great companies. So we thought, okay, let's introduce our portfolio, our five companies that we've invested in, and, you know, perhaps they'll pick one. Well, they <clears throat> looked at our companies, and because of the quality, they invited all every single one of them to come. And how it works is Lloyd himself sends them a personal letter and they get a plaque saying they're one of the top 100 companies. So, you know, that's just one example of what we're doing with our connections. So it's, yes, writing checks, but, you know, these are, you know, we, we have a powerhouse group. Yes. Um, about 30% of our members sit as directors of public company boards. And are in the C-suite. So when we need something or the companies need something, we just look through our list and say, oh, let's make that introduction or we get on the phone with somebody. So that ecosystem has always existed in some form out in Silicon Valley, but we are expanding that ecosystem. So, and and by the way, this is... um, uh, we've, we've got about 15% of our members are men, so this is not just like a by women for women. Mm-hmm. The, you know, with the investments, every single person is looking to get exposure in this asset class. So the men that, that are quite involved in making investments are ones that, that feel, you know, everybody else is sort of chasing after the same stuff and it's mm-hmm. overinflated. And so these are some of the best um, sort of under-the-radar opportunities. Uh, and, and congrats. Um, you know, this is just, um, you know, 260 members already. I know some of these, com- I know Epibone is, is a Columbia yeah. company. Nina, very, 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 very talented person. Um, and I see you're, you know, you have other top level VCs investing alongside you, lowercase, Omidyar, Slow Ventures and all that. And if somebody who, who's an executive or is listening and, and interested in getting a, becoming a part of this, what, what's the best way to get engaged, to get involved? Yeah, so we um, have grown so far organically, like friends of friends or people we know. We've done no real big advertising. And um, so, so if anyone's interested in finding out more or joining, um, best thing is just to reach out to me, and then I will – give it to the appropriate person on the, on the team. We, we do have um, a person in San Francisco. We're pretty active out on the West coast and we are, you know, what, what happens is if somebody's interested, we frequently have breakfasts that are hosted by our members. And so our members are bringing in their friends. And so we can invite somebody to come to a breakfast, hear more, meet Andrea and me. Um, and then, you know, on occasion, they could they could actually come to one of our showcases, but our showcases are pretty much reserved for members. I see. Okay, no, super helpful. Oh, wait, uh, well, we want more. We more. More is better. You know, more. Better. Okay, you heard it. You heard it here. <laughs> the more, the better. Um, all right, and and look, I know this is a very personal, you know, heartfelt initiative for you. Uh, you're an incredible evangelist for for female founders, um, for all these talented people that uh, have not had as easy access to to capital uh, in the past. Tell us a little about, you know, those thoughts and and your experiences that led you to start Plum Alley in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously I, you know, spent two decades on Wall Street, um, you know, big time finance, corporate America, um, obviously a male dominated industry. And 
you know, had a great ride. I mean, I really loved my work, my job. I worked on some major, you know, financings done in the U.S. So I, I had a great experience, but I, in all of my travels, I, I think I, you know, I would see that, especially in early stage companies, female founders just don't get their fair share of capital. If, if you look at last year, just take 2016 alone, there was 97 million, excuse me, billion dollars invested in this asset class by venture capital firms, 97 billion. And, you know, roughly six, 7% of that went to female founders. So the disparity is striking. And I just don't, I mean, I, every day meet great entrepreneurs and I just, and I judge competition. So I have this vantage point of, you know, are these companies, founders, you know, which one's the best one? And I just see it's my personal experience. So, um, you know, I just feeling like it it is a personal um, motivation because I think our society is suffering not at its best because we're not deploying all the brain power and talent and perspectives that that we need. And it's a it's a shame. And I, and I think it's something that can be corrected. Um, and I think, you know, I personally feel many times like, well, I'm in a position to do it. I should step up and do it. And, you know, it's, you know. But how, I, what, I want, what I want people to know is like, how did you, how did you get this way? Because I, I know a lot of people who uh, agree with you, but they just, uh, they haven't taken it to the extent you have. You, you're an incredible evangelist for this. You've iterated and have been after this for, for a long time. And as you just said, you experimented with different models until you struck on, on the Plumelli Investments model. What has, you know, this takes a lot of drive and, you know, passion. What is about your, your upbringing, your experience at Goldman or whatever that motivated you to, to step up like this? That's, that's what I want to know. Well, you know, it's, um, it's really a very personal thing. And I see this going on a lot with people in my sort of demographic or age group. Um, you know, after you've had a, a, a successful career in business or wherever, and you know, you, you move, go to the next chapter, then it becomes, what is it you really care about? Or what is a contribution that you can make that you are uniquely positioned to make in the world? And how do you want to spend your time? So for me, I mean, there's, you know, I could be doing a number of things, but thought, well, what, what actually gets me excited? Where can I continually learn? And where can I be relevant? You know, relevant. And it's, it's, it's interesting. A good number of our members, we, we, you know, when we say join Plum Alley to stay future literate or to stay relevant. And for some people, that really resonates because they, have, they may have been successful in their field, um, but then they get to a point where they see the world moving so fast. Innovation is changing everything. And unless you spend time doing it or you have your fingers in it in some way, you're at risk of being pushed to the sidelines. And so for me personally, it's like, yes, I want to see more capital going to a diverse base. But personally, I'm like, at this time in my life, I love to 
see the next generation. I love to see tech, new technologies. I love to see new companies. I love to be around the next generation of visionaries. So it, it, I, I get a lot of satisfaction and benefits from my day job now. And I will tell you, though, it is, it is you know, being an entrepreneur and building this company myself and making mistakes and the ups and downs, I honestly don't. <laughs> I think working in corporate America is so easy compared to this. <laughs> it is, you know, I have this vantage point of, of you know, having done both. And it's really, um, it's really a test in different ways to experiment, to fail, like not to know the clear path. And it gives me great empathy for the entrepreneurs I meet. And, you know, some, and, and what I've learned about myself in this process is that you have to have personal strength. I mean, I don't know where it comes from, but every now and then you just have to dig deep and go, oh, you know, just, just like looks like storm clouds. I don't know if we're ever going to get there. Like, I, I see this vision, but I don't know. Is it ever going to climb this mountain? Yeah, no, because I've and, seen you iterating on this. You know, I remember at the Noy House and you yeah. had the Women's Mobile Accelerator and yeah. you were experimenting with the crowdfunding yep. stuff and you kept at it and you kept at it and, and you struck on the right chord and, and touched a nerve and it's all kind of working. And, and But you were relentless in your pursuit of this and that, that always struck me. And, and, well, I appreciate that. And, and so what do you see for the future for Plum Alley? I mean, you have 260 members, you're you're in New York, you're, you're in San Fran now. What, what's the next five years going to be like? So the interesting thing is this, this evolution and this path and my own learning has really opened my eyes to the basic um, problem of investing generally. And, you know, what, what's happened is having focused on this asset class and talking about private companies and with our members – once they get excited about being investors, because they never owned that identity, now they're saying, gee, I'm a Plum Alley investor. So they're, they're identifying as being an investor. And so what happens when you ignite that, they begin to say, well, I'm interested actually, how, do I sh- how should I be thinking about the other places in my asset class? Because in private companies, I can pick companies that will create the future and I have as an investor have a role in creating the future and that feels pretty good and I can you know pick Epibone or you know companies that are doing well rather than companies that are you know building blow them up beat them up mobile games or whatever so so people do feel like they've got their their seat at the table and it's very exciting to see that happen because when you think about how much money has been allocated, it's really a small, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's $69 billion. You think about that. That's basically, you know, around 2,000 venture firms. And within the firms, there's not that many people. The top 10 firms do about 17% of that. So you have like a small, really small number of people making hundreds of millions of dollars of decisions on what the future is and what gets funded. So the great thing about what we're doing, and, and, and we have a, we're, we're developing um, some prototypes for a piece of technology that we want to build. And it will be around helping our members, it's all in service to our members, of how they can best use 
their time and how they should think about private companies within the context of their bigger investment portfolio. Um, and, and that is like what's each member's different. We'd have an individual page per member and we'd also have a public page. So if they want to broadcast or advertise what they've invested in, um, we'll have that as well. But it's, it's you know, it's, it's answering. We'll have some um, basically a framework and some tools. Like people always say, okay, they, I love this. Like how much – What's what's how much should I be doing in this asset class? So we're building some tools so people start off and say, okay, if you know your budget or your target is a hundred thousand, you need a portfolio, so you should plan to invest ten thousand in ten companies. Or if your budget's a million, then you should put a hundred thousand in ten. So. So we're helping our members answer those questions. And then it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. People say, okay, well, what's the return I should expect? And we all know that early stage companies, you know, you've, you've got to kind of buy and hold. Yeah. Um, these are hold investments and you've got to give them the right time. But there's ways to track your investment. So we had a couple of companies that did a second round, up rounds, significant up rounds, and so we're building some technology to for our members to keep track, even though those companies have not exited yet. Um, there's I see. yeah, it's a whole it's a whole platform for them. And 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 yeah. as as your members engage in this platform um, and refine, you know, what they're interested in and how much they want to allocate, does that lead to opportunities to? take the deal flow to another level and group them in syndicates based on interest and stuff like that as well? What are you, what are you thinking? Yes, yes, that is actually exactly what we're doing. So we are asking our members questions around investing and really who they are. It's, it's not really about investing. When you, when you think about it, like if you go to a robo advisor or something online, they always, or even a big financial services firm, they will always say, okay, when do you want to retire? How many kids do you have? Blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Those are cold facts. But we're asking our members things that we know they want to be asked about, such as what are, what are the sectors you care about? What, are, what do you want to learn about? Do you want to learn about stem cell research? Do you want to learn about artificial intelligence? And how do you want to continue? How do you want to continually learn and stay relevant? And so, um, so we're asking um, our members those questions, and we're doing it in an interesting way. It's a drag and drop kind of technology where they prioritize what they care about and are interested in, and then we take that information, and that's sort of the data that we use to better serve them. So we know. And, and we're already beginning to do this manually with spreadsheets. Like we know Mary Byron loves education. So anytime we have an education company, we'll show that to her. Or we can see if people want to be diversified into different industries where they have an opening. And so we can better target our investment opportunities to specific individuals. This is fascinating because, you know, the more I think about it, you know, this is like a completely unmined, untapped 
market, which is what you're uncovering with Plum Alley. You know, all these executives, you know, no, no one pays attention to them. And they have enormous domain expertise, you know, like they've been working yeah. for 30 years in, you know, one B2B enterprise or, you know, fashion or cybersecurity, whatever the hell it is. Yes. And they have yes. like unbelievable expertise in that area. And that can be very valuable to your founders, who, who, who come on. And, and if you're able to aggregate their interests, you can build really powerful private syndicates within Plum Alley. And that could be um, the, the value add could, could just go on steroids, you know, when, when these founders are doing yes. rounds. You got it. it. Woo! That's yeah. absolutely it. And also keep in mind here, think about exits. I mean, coming from Wall Street, coming from banking, like, you know, you've got to have financial returns or, or, you know, why would people participate in this? So I'm very cognizant of, okay, these are the companies. Who do we know when they are ready to exit? We already know. I can tell you every company, I can tell you two or three people in our network that at the right moment, we are going to make the introduction. And that's, by the way, you know, coming from Wall Street and you know, doing enough, uh, you know, M&A types of transactions. I know how this works. This is, you know, it's part of my mindset, raising capital and, and, you know, where do you go from there? So that is just in our DNA. So that is, you know, we're, we're, that's unique. I don't see any other angel group doing that. And the other thing I would, I would just say, like the power of our group. So, um, one of the things we offer our top tier members is a private, we call it inside view. Mm-hmm. And we've teamed up with public companies. Uh, we did one with IBM in the fall. And what we do is we, at, at the very high levels of, of these public companies, we work with them and decide what would be a great program, a half day to a day program, a private session and we bring in our members. So we did this with IBM in November. And we brought in 35 members and met with the top data scientists at IBM. And we did that because our members are interested in artificial intelligence. But what, what we really did was talk about how you could use that in various sectors. So we showcased opportunities in film. If you want to know if a film would be successful or not, how you could use artificial intelligence. We did that in food. How, how do you know if a food product would be successful in the consumer market? We did that in financial services. And so our members from different industries had this bird's eye view into, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. I've heard about artificial intelligence. Maybe they've been to a conference, read an article, but they really did it appreciate the power of what that could do. And so by having these, you know, private sessions um, where our members come in, it allows them to go back to their day job or whatever field they're in and they are knowledgeable. So if you're sitting as a director on a corporate board and you could say, hey, I want to know what is our strategy around, are we using artificial intelligence? How does that factor in? And, you know, so, so that's a huge benefit to our members. I have to tell you that IBM loved that session so much that they, as a corporation, have joined Plum Alley for, they, they basically purchased three executive uh, level memberships, wow. and they have three of their top people coming in 
Um, because they, they realized, they said, wow, not only would this be good for our executives to know your membership, but also they're going to learn some skills around looking at companies and innovation that they can't get in their day job. You know, they're sort of siloed. Right. So that's, that's oh the, God. Op- it's like a whole EDU component now for, for your corporate partners yeah. on, uh, for their executives and their, yeah, yeah th- this is amazing because, um, you know, like we've explored syndicates on this show. We've, we've, we've <laughs> been, we've learned about it. We've spoken with, you know, Naval from AngelList and yep. some of the people who were investing in the syndicate layer within AngelList. Um, yep. We had Ming Ye from China who was, has a fund, CSC Upshot, and she's just investing in the, the layer of syndicates within AngelList and Dustin mm. Dolganow. This is a whole nother layer to that, um, to that world. It's like the whole, the whole untapped market of experienced executives that you're curating with enormous domain expertise of expertise and contacts to acquirers and then you have that whole corporate environment no one's doing that you know this is just this is brilliant I know. I, you're, I, you're doing it you know i just had a memory <laughs> that i i think i actually first met you like 10 10 11 years ago at some investor showcase or some some pitch event or something and even back then you were telling me you know there's such a big opportunity here and no one's covering the exit side of things and that that just popped into my head you've been after this for over a decade i probably have i mean it's interesting you use when you're an entrepreneur you use all kinds of skills that were back on the shelf you know they all come into play and it's one of the great things about being an entrepreneur at this time in life. I mean, you've got to, all of us, you know, have a huge reservoir of experience and wisdom. And, you know, you never know when it's going to come into play. And, and by, you know, what I, when we were building that, you know, crowdfunding platform, I was watching AngelList pretty closely and all the other players out there. And I think they are, you know, extremely valuable to the ecosystem. But what I knew is they're platforms for people who already do this. Exactly. If you're already investing in early stage companies, yes, you're going to go Saturday morning and check out AngelList and see what else is out there. And, you know, because you're already doing it. But that is a small, small segment of the market. Like people you know, that have other day jobs or other interests are not doing that. And, but they want access. They want exposure to that asset class. And they want someone to do the heavy lifting and bring them the best of the best and curate and, and make an experience. Like it's not just one of the things I know that I've learned about investing, and this comes a lot from my co-founder, Andrea, who did this research, we have a pretty good insight into what's lacking in the field of investing. If you ask most people, they think of investing, you know, especially in public companies or with their financial wealth advisor, they think of it as a chore. They think, oh, okay, I got, obviously I got to take care of my money and I got to rely on experts and, you know, they give me advice. But other than the very, very top tier, most people think they have terrible advice and don't even really understand some of the investment products that their advisors get them into. So what's refreshing here is that people realize, hey, you know, this is my money. I have a role. 
I have a fun role. Like, like this is interesting. I mean, I'm getting benefits back and it, you know, financial returns if you do it with best practices and build a portfolio. So it's, I just, I, 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 you know, it's, we're kind of backed into this, but it's like discovering the, how people can get excited about investing. And, you know, I think we're going to see in the next decade, some pretty big disruption around wealth management and asset management, because, you know, you couple lower returns with people really not feeling engaged and not really knowing where their money goes and the, and the whole trend of impact investing that is growing. And and especially with the next generation, they want to know that their money is going to good things. So I don't think this is, you know, instantaneous won't happen overnight, but I think we're, we're on the forefront of really experimenting with what people really, you know, what they're really thinking and how to better engage them as investors Certainly in private companies, and who knows, we may do some other things down the road. But but I think there's enough going on for quite a while in private companies, and you know we we we've, we've just hit the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. yeah, but you know you're in this for the long haul, and you're innovating, and you're onto something really big. And uh, I'm so glad that everyone got a chance to to hear about Plum Alley and your vision. Uh, and thank you so much, my friend. I really appreciate you coming on. Give you a taste of business, you know?